Uh, today's readings are not subtle in their theme. Um, uh, it's all about humility, yeah? And how blessed are you that I'm talking to you about humility. Um, wow. Uh, it does bring up one of those moments, like right after I got ordained, and I had expressed to Bishop Carl, for those of you who remember him, I said, my gosh, uh, I have no business talking about, you know, uh, following the Lord. I, I, and, and he said to me, Joe, if, if a priest is only allowed to preach on what he has down, he can't preach. I was like, well, I could about like eating Doritos. I feel like I'm really good at that. Uh, but beyond that, if I'm left with the topic of, well, this is what I've got down, I don't get to preach. Um, and so when we talk about humility today, I want to remind you that every priest you meet is a sinner. And I, some of them, it's pretty obvious. But, um, but uh, we're broken, and we need prayers, and we need to repent, and we need to grow, and we need to let Jesus change us. Uh, God did not call me to be a priest because I'm better, but I truly believe to some extent because I'm worse. And it makes me pray. It makes me strive. Uh, but So be this as it may, I want to talk to you about a few examples of humility, uh, namely myself. Uh, not really. Uh, no, some examples I've seen of humility that, that challenged me. And uh, the first one, and my sister's already laughing because I think she knows where we're going. Uh, when we were growing up, we had macaroni and cheese every, every Friday. And it wasn't um, that demon juice that comes in a box. This was the real stuff, yeah? My uh, real homemade macaroni and cheese. And uh, I always loved the idea that that was suffering for Catholics, right? Oh, no meat, so let's go to Red Lobster, you know. Uh, but uh, be this as it may, there we were. We would get this big vat because there were a billion of us, and we would eat this homemade macaroni and cheese. And then shortly after my mom uh, died, one of the things we realized is dad can cook. He can, uh, but let's help, you know, and by let's, I mean other people in the family. Uh, but so we made sure every Friday dad got some homemade macaroni and cheese because he's crazy about it. And uh, then shortly after dad moved in with me, uh, gosh, three years now, the poor man, uh, one of my sisters said something to dad about, oh, shoot, we didn't bring you any macaroni and cheese this Friday. And before he could catch himself, dad said something. It was, and I quote, I don't prefer macaroni and cheese. <laughs> oh, uh, we had no idea for the, I don't know, 60 some years. We've been giving you macaroni and cheese every Friday. Never said a word. Ate it and smiled. There's a profound humility in that beyond the obvious jokes. Uh, and let's be clear, I have no problem with macaroni and cheese. Uh, if you're ever thinking, oh, we shouldn't take father, yes, you should. Um, no idea, because he ate it and he smiled. And that's humility, it really is. It's a recognition that it's not all about him and it's not all about his preferences. Another one comes when I was at MSU. Uh, where Jesus went to school, 
And uh, we had a deacon there who, I kid you not, wrote briefs for the Supreme Court for 32 years. So he was really dumb. Yeah. Uh, brilliant guy. Holy, kind. I just, I love this man. He's a priest now, actually. His wife went to be with the Lord, and he got ordained a priest, and he serves in Oak Mess. But Mass there was a bit of a challenge in the sense of there are between 15 and 17,000 Catholic kids on MSU's campus every year. And to have enough Masses, we had two sites, two churches. And on Sunday it was 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 5, and 7. Yeah, by the end of the day, Jesus was sick of my voice. Uh, and there would be 1,100 kids at every Mass. Just packed. And sometimes it would get muddled because it was two priests. And, you know, it was like, well, who's preaching what? Who's doing what? But we'd get there. And, well, anyway, one Sunday, uh, I was on my fifth Mass. And that beautiful deacon was with me at the last four. And at the very last Mass, his family, his wife and kids were there. And afterward, uh, I said to him, well, I, I'm surprised you didn't preach today. You know, your family was there. And... And he says, oh, you know, it's all good. And then someone else came in, a sacristan, kind of upset. Deacon Mike, you were scheduled to preach. And I found out he wrote hom a homily. He had his whole homily ready, but he didn't say anything because I started to preach. And he was being humble. And I said, Michael, you got to tell me, bro. Right? I'm, I'm a spacey man, you know? Uh, and this is what he said. Oh, Father, it's not about me. It's not about me. Don't even. That's humble, eh? These ideas of humility, I think, here's the thing. It's coming up, Jesus save us, right? We're going to have to go through another election. And the good news is everyone's really open and going to change their minds and really talk it through. Uh, and here's what's going to happen in me. Uh, and none of it's from you, praise God. I will get emails from all over the country. Right? I get hundreds a day. But they're all going to start to change as we get close to the election. And the emails are all going to basically be the same thing. The subject header will read, this, listen to this brave, all caps, priest who speaks the truth, all caps. I don't even have to listen to it. It's a homily about who to vote for. Nobody's ever sent me one. Listen to this brave priest speak the truth while he gets up and says to be humble, to be pure, to be holy. No one ever sends me those. They don't consider it brave. What they consider brave is, listen to this priest who agrees with my politics. Jesus doesn't talk much about politics, but here's what he does tell us. We have to be humble. We have to be humble. And it's hard to be humble because we're broken. I would love for us to set some goals for ourselves in terms of humility. That's what I found. As I thought about it, I thought of a lot of ways where I'm not humble, right? And one of them that struck me was just a few weeks ago, I was with some friends. Now, you put me in a big crowd where I don't know people, and I think you'd be surprised at how quiet I am, 
You put me with friends and it's over, right? My mouth will start making noise and it doesn't stop. And I was driving home, like once a year I get to see these guys and I was driving home from our first night together and I'm like, I talked the whole time. I talked the whole time. I made it about me. I was so embarrassed. And I set my goal that the next day, I was just going to listen. Listen to their stories. Enter their experience. And quit being obsessed with me. And it was hard. It was harder than it should have been. But I did it. Because I'm humble. I thought of another time, and this was a few years ago, when I was a younger priest, and again it was Bishop Carl, he called three of us priests together, and he basically, we looked at this chart, and the chart says, basically, in really churchy language, how bad is it going to get, right? Uh, We are less and less priests, more and more Catholics, how bad is it going to get, and what are we going to do about it? And so, me and two of my buddies... We put together a 38-page plan. It took us about three months of work. And I don't want to brag, but there were pie charts. You're welcome. So we sent that into the diocese at the bishop's command, and it never came up again, which is so classic Bishop Carl. (laughs) But uh, so that was, I think it was 2006 when we sent the plan in. About five years ago, we were at a priest meeting. And Bishop Earl stands up, and he's holding up the binder we made, right? We made way back in the day. And he was like, well, I found this in the files, and boy, what an excellent plan. Uh, And he's going on, and and, and I'm like, well, thank you. Um, It was a lot of work many years ago. Men of noble hearts and savage intelligence gathered together. And I couldn't wait for him to say it was me and my buddies and he never said a word. And I'm like, does he not know? Pride, 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 pride. And by the way, we're not using that plan, so whatever. Pride, 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 huh? And I can do this all day. Turns out, tons owe pride. If pride was a virtue, I would already be in heaven. How about you? And whenever someone says to me, oh, Father, I don't know what to confess. Pride. Yeah, just pride. You got it. I guarantee we are self-obsessed. The fact that Jesus could see this plan we made, well, that wasn't enough for me. I needed recognition. Yeah, the fact that Jesus can see my heart and treasure it, well, that's not enough. I need you to see it and treasure it. Self-obsession. Yeah? So what do we do? we got to have a plan. I'd ask us all to think, where am I self-obsessed? And what am I going to do about it? I think of our, our um, workplaces. Yeah? I think workplaces, there's a lot of invitations to pride. Because there is holy pride. Holy pride is, yeah, I was faithful. I did good work. And I did it because that's what I agreed to do. That's holy pride, yeah? And if we stopped there, I think we'd be all sad. But we don't, hey? How at work do we make it all about us? 
One of the big challenges I've learned in 25 years of pretending to manage parishes uh, is we often have this obsession of, well, how can I make my job more efficient, which is Latin. I don't know if you know this for easier. Yeah. Um, I made that up. That's not Latin for easier. I thought that was a very funny joke. No, the mission is primary. If me making my job more efficient or easier takes away from the mission in the slightest, then no. No. What is our mission at work? And are you and I as employees or bosses or whatever we are, are we faithful to that? Are we giving it our all or are we too obsessed with what we're getting instead of what we're giving in our homes? Are we other obsessed? Does the whole house revolve around our moods? Does the whole house revolve around our schedule? Is it all about us? What are we going to do about that? Well, I don't know. Knock it off, hey? Stop making it all about you. Stop seeing how much is owed to you and try to see how much more you can give. When people would ask dad and mom when we were younger, do you have, uh, where's your dishwasher? He'd always say, well, we got 12 of them, you know. Thank you, whoever laughed. You know when they bought a dishwashing machine, right? When we all moved out. Uh, Yeah, where's dad? Yeah, he's laughing. He's like, totally. Uh, But here's the thing. I, I don't know how this happened, but... Somehow unloading the dishwasher became a challenge. Yeah? Loading it? Sign me up. Right? Turning it on? I can do it. But unloading it, no one wanted to unload it and put the dishes away. I don't know what it is, but it was our Thermopylae as a family. Right? I will die on this hill. Someone started unloading it. I don't know who. But the whole discussion of who's going to... and. Unloaded ended at some point when someone just decided quietly it's going to be me. I'm going to do the job no one wants. We have someone in the family that might have been more than one who became a mysterious bathroom cleaner. Yeah? Somebody was sneaking in and scrubbing bathrooms so that other people didn't have to. It was really cool stuff. And I tried to claim credit. No one believed me. We can do stuff like this in our families. We can discipline ourselves to make sure that we are constantly reminding ourselves, it's not about me. It's not about what I can get. It's about what I can give. And here at church, yeah, here at church, it's got to be about Jesus or nothing at all. It has to be. I hope this is okay to say, but just a few weeks ago after Mass, someone uh, came up to me and I misunderstood the comment. They said, Father, there were a lot of kids crying at church today. And I was like, wasn't it awesome? Turns out, yeah, that was not their point. Uh, Well, listen to these beautiful kids. Do you hear them? That's God's gift to us. That's a parent who said, it's not going to be all about sports. It's not going to be all about worldly success. My child will know Jesus Christ. How could we say anything but thank you? 
Well, Father, they should take their kid out of church. Great idea. How's that working for our high schoolers? You know, the ones that aren't here? No, they need to be here. And we need to hear those beautiful sounds and hug and thank those moms and dads because they decided it's worth the dirty looks. We forget and we make it about us. It's about Jesus. And those beautiful kids crying or mumbling or making noise, they're to remind us of what our souls, our souls are like. Humility is something God requires. It's not an extra. If we're not humble, we cannot go to heaven. And humility is a lot of things, but for this week, I really want us to look at this. How do I make it all about me? When it's all about Jesus, it's all about your beautiful family, it's all about this family, that nothing unites us here except our preposterous belief in the humility of God who came to us not in thundering might and power, but as a tiny, breakable baby, as a man being tortured to death, and as a tiny, ignorable piece of bread. That's humility. And that's our goal. Let's settle for nothing less. Amen? Amen. Okay.